0: What's up, you guys? I'm Haley. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to a bonus Jonas episode of Inhuman, a true crime podcast. In case anyone's wondering why I just called it a bonus Jonas episode, back when we recorded one of our like first ever bonus episodes, I had just come back from a Jonas Brothers concert and had a like, really bad raspy voice. And then Andrea, without telling me, named it Bonus Jonas. And I about <laughs> died laughing when I saw it. So now we're just going to call all of our bonus episodes Bonus Jonas. Yeah. Just for your guys' reference. Yeah. But I wanted to do a little bonus episode updating in a couple of big cases that I've covered on the podcast that have had like sort of updates recently honestly only one of them I see as like an actual big update but I know that these cases have been making the news and we've had a lot of people asking about them and asking for updates so I just wanted to share all those updates in one place for you guys name it that so you can find them and this is all as of the end of August 2022 and of course If there's more updates, we'll cover those, and we also share about this stuff more often on our Instagram, so be sure to follow us there to get, like, more timely updates, but we will be discussing updates in the John JonBenet Ramsey, Madeline McCann, and Abby Williams and Libby German cases, and I'm not going to be covering those cases at all in the episodes, but I, in this episode, but I will let you know what episodes we did cover them in, so you can go back and listen to them if you want to hear them again, or if you haven't heard them you'll know where to go listen.
1: I hope this is a good indicator that these cases are close to being solved.
0: (laughs) I hope so too and honestly I think all three of these could be solved this year. Amazing. So first up is JonBenet Ramsey and we covered her case in episodes 57 and 58. And the recent news on this case is that there was a news report that genetic genealogists believe they could solve her cold case within hours if they were to get access to the DNA evidence in the case. Hmm. So in case you didn't know, according to the Oxford Sciences Journal of Law and the Biosciences, genetic genealogy involves uploading crime scene DNA profiles to one or more genetic genealogy databases. So it's not exactly this, but think like ancestry.com where you get your right. heritage or 23andme and those kinds of databases mm-hmm. and the intention is identifying a criminal offender's genetic relatives and eventually locating the offender within the family tree so cc moore the chief genetic genealogist with Parabon Nano Labs, who have worked to solve several cold cases using genetic genealogy and we've talked about them in several cases before right but Moore is confident that they could solve JonBenet's case if they had the ability to test DNA. And JonBenet's father, John Ramsey, who was actually on a panel at CrimeCon earlier this year, said that he believes that the Boulder Police Department has additional DNA evidence that they will not release for testing. So this includes DNA found in JonBenet's undergarments and touch DNA on the waistband of the long john she was wearing when she was found. And as a reminder, DNA from evidence from the Long Johns has pretty much cleared all of the Ramseys and 200 other suspects because that touch DNA was traced to an unknown male. So it did not match Burke or John Ramsey or 200 other suspects that they were able to test against. Okay. According to a Fox News article, quote, with new advancements in the investigation, investigative genetic genealogy research, the Ramseys believe they will have more success testing more than 250 pieces of evidence for DNA to potentially build a profile of the sp- suspect in their daughter's murder than they would with Boulder police, Boulder officials who are currently on the case. So basically that's saying that the Ramseys think that They would have more success in solving her case by being able to test it using genetic genealogy from outside sources than they would just through the police department's investigation. Right. But unfortunately, the BPD has to give permission to test the DNA, and it's unlikely that that will happen. Mm. One of the reasons is because it's really old DNA, and obviously you have to be careful with old DNA because samples just, like minimize and get smaller as you test them right but at this point it's like what is there to lose
1: yeah that's what i'm saying is like why would they not at least try because that i mean they're doing exactly. nothing else with it it's like they're yeah. still investigating it probably
0: right exactly so in response to this recent reporting the bpd has said that john Bonnet's case is still an active and ongoing investigation and that they are limited in what they can share publicly but they said, quote, We can say that the Boulder Police Department regularly meets with multiple entities regarding this investigation, including private labs, the FBI, the CBI, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, the District Attorney's Office, and others. In this ever, ever and quick-changing field of DNA analysis and testing, we are constantly speaking with these investigative stakeholders to evaluate how best to proceed given legal scientific rules and limitations. Due to the length of time since this crime first occurred, Boulder police must be extremely cautious with the handling of evidence and analysis. The Boulder Police Department has spoken with members of the Ramsey family in the past few years who have provided information to investigators. Detectives have never stopped investigating leads that continue to come in and having the DNA tested daily in CODIS. Hmm. John Ramsey says he hasn't met with the BPD in three years. Which, to be fair, in their statement, they said within the last few years. So, technically, that's true. Accurate. But yeah. It's just so frustrating because, yeah, maybe you're running the DNA through CODIS, but obviously that's going nowhere. And genetic genealogy is a completely different ballgame that has mm-hmm. helped so many cold cases, including solving the freaking Golden State Killer case after four decades. Yeah. So, come on. JonBenet's family is pushing hard to get that type of testing done, so hopefully with enough public pressure, it will eventually happen. August 6th, 2022 would have been JonBenet's 32nd birthday. That is insane. I know.
1: I, I mean, she's, all I mean, obviously she's forever a child, but in my mind, like, she's still that little girl, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, a so little sad. girl who lost her life at six years old still does not have justice, mm. so... Again, we'll continue to update you guys, and hopefully public pressure and continuing to share about this case will get the BPD to do something, and, you know, that's the best we can hope for. We'll link their number in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I will link resources in the show notes, and if there's ever, like, a petition or something big that we can do, I'll de- we'll definitely share that with you guys. Yeah. Okay, next up is the Madeline McCann case, which we covered in episodes 37 and 38. When we covered that episode, we dis- discussed a potential suspect named Christian Bruckner, who is a German convicted rapist and child sex abuser who was working in Praia deluge when Madeline was abducted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is currently serving a prison sentence for another charge. And in 2020, the German police came out and said that he was the prime suspect in Madeline's murder. And that was the first time Madeline's case was ever... Classified, classified as a murder you know publicly right this year German prosecutor Hans Christian Walters has said that he is sure that Bruckner killed Madeline and then in April the Portuguese police officially named Bruckner as a suspect in Madeline's disappearance wow so I feel like that's a big deal because before that they you know said they were looking into him but he wasn't mm-hmm. a suspect but now the Portuguese police who's like primary investigator since the crime happened there right. have said he is a suspect in May at the 15th anniversary of Madeline's disappearance Walters told Portuguese broadcaster CMTV that investigators had found new evidence connecting Bruckner to Madeline's disappearance so he mm-hmm. said quote the investigation is still going and I think we found some new facts some new evidence not forensic evidence but some evidence we are sure he is the murderer of Madeline McCann So obviously that hasn't been released, like, officially. He just told a broadcaster that. But, you know, he is a German prosecutor working on the case. So it seems like they have something and hopefully eventually he will be charged with that. They are taking their time since he's in jail.
1: Yeah, they have all the time in the world. I mean, he's not going Mm -hmm. anywhere. Hopefully, if this is true, he will, you know, confess and give up where he... Placed her body because
0: yeah i really hope so yeah and then finally updates in the unsolved double homicide of Ab- abigail williams and liberty german which is also known as the delphi murders mm-hmm. we covered this case on episode 15 so earlier this year the police came out and said they were asking for help identifying a fake snapchat and instagram profile called anthony underscore shots Mm. so this profile was using a photo of a male model like an unknown male model they eventually found that person and he's not involved at all but they were using this for their fake profile picture and the account communicated with underage girls to quote solicit nude images obtain their addresses and attempt to meet them gross so this profile was active in 2016 and 2017 and the account spoke with libby
1: that's wild
0: So it was then revealed that 27-year-old Keegan Klein was the man behind the profile. So this was released publicly when a true crime podcast called The Murder Sheet discovered a transcript of a police interview with Klein after he was arrested in 2020 on possession of child pornography. So in this interview, he admitted to using the profile and to speaking with Libby. And police said in the interview that his device was logged into that Snapchat account the day the girls were killed. So this transcript for the interview was accidentally published online and found by that podcast. And although it was later taken down, it really sent waves through the true crime community. Mm -hmm. But Klein has continued to deny any involvement in the murders and he has never been charged with anything in relation to them. And he just says it's a coincidence that he spoke with her and that he never met up with her. According to the transcript of the interview, police said that Klein failed a polygraph test and that Mm. he had later searched online, how long does DNA last? (gasps) Yeah. But when he was asked why he searched that, Klein said, quote, I have no clue. I don't know. Because, probably because they DNA tested me. So he's basically saying, like, they DNA tested me. I freaked out and searched that.
1: Uh, okay. No.
0: Yeah. So police really do not believe that Klein is a suspect in the murder, but it is possible that he maybe knows something about the murder. So police believe that two users are behind the Anthony Shots profile because of different la- differences in language and phrasing being used in different messages. So that's just speculation, but it's definitely a possibility that maybe he wasn't yeah. the one who murdered Abby and Libby, but maybe he was does know something more
1: i wonder are they able to obtain like his phone records from that day i know that's like so long ago so there might not be any way to to tell i think
0: they either have or are working on it because they were able to identify that he was logged into snapchat from his device but that might be from like snapchat data i'm not sure right um it might be something they're working on getting or maybe they have that and it proves that he wasn't there so
1: yeah and that's why they think there's a second
0: yeah Interesting. so the indiana state police released a statement saying we are aware the murder sheet has released a transcript the information was that was released did not come from indiana state police nor the delphi double homicide task force this is still an ongoing investigation so they weren't saying that like this wasn't a police interview because it clearly was. But they were saying, like, just so you know, this wasn't officially released by us. So, like, you shouldn't take any of it. You know, we, we are releasing what is important because it's still an ongoing investigation.
1: But it doesn't make it less true, you know? No, like- not at all. So they can say that, but everyone's already like they're in it, it's it's out there yeah. now. So Ooh.
0: I know I wish they would come out and say, like, he's not a suspect because XYZ, but they can't, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. And if they do potentially yeah. think that maybe he was involved or knows something, they might be keeping things close to the chest. So I don't blame them. Um, but it is frustrating that stuff is coming out, but we're not telling know. us anything, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need to know yeah but that's all the updates we have for you guys today i know a lot of people have been wondering about what's been going on in these cases so there you go if you guys have any thoughts or questions please be sure to let us know either on instagram or in our facebook group inhuman podcast because i'd love to hear what you guys think and you know if you guys have questions we're here to try to help answer them i guess but yeah that's all we have for you guys today we'll see you next week with new episodes and until then keep it human Bye, guys.